Welcome to the We Are Here podcast, a podcast all about entrepreneurship on the South Coast, collecting stories and lessons from entrepreneurs and community leaders to learn firsthand how they've built their business or organization so we can build our own. The South Coast is a small place, and we're letting the business world know that we are here. Show your support by liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the We Are Here podcast, and join the newsletter for all of our latest announcements and upcoming episodes at southcoast.fm slash subscribe. That's southcoast.fm slash subscribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast. Today's guest is my good friend, Sarah, from Groundwork. She's a co-founder of Groundwork, an innovative co-working space right here on the South Coast down in New Bedford. Uh, I'm super pumped that we have an official co-working space. If you don't know what a co-working space is, well, it's a place where you can go to work. <laughs> and it's a great place for you to meet new people, network, and have a desk to work at that's not your home office. We're going to talk about the whole idea, how they found a space, how they started to promote and market this, and how they've grown over uh, the last few years of them being in business. It's a great episode. And by the way, if you want to win a week's worth of co-working down at Groundwork, you can go to southcoast.fm slash win. You can register to win uh, one week's worth from Monday through Friday, nine to five. No meeting rooms, but you get to use the place to sit down at a desk, get to work remotely uh, away from your home office, away from that coffee shop for free for one week. Check it out. Southcoast.fm slash win. Okay, so I am the co-founder of Groundwork. It's a co-working space located in downtown New Bedford. So if you don't know what a co-working space is, it's a shared office space for people who might normally work from home or in a coffee shop. So we have freelancers, entrepreneurs, small business owners, a lot of remote workers, people that work for um, larger companies like WordPress, uh, for example, Emma email marketing, that sort of thing. Um, so it's a big open space. Um, people rent desks. They use the Wi-Fi. They print. They get all the amenities of an office plus the, the community of, of interacting with other professionals. Years and years ago, I found myself sitting at what was known as the Celtic Cafe and uh, just really sitting there going, boy, you know, there needs to be another place for me to do, to do work, right? Uh, you know, I, ha I have, a, have a studio in Dartmouth, but it's not always the most uh, convenient and just spending a lot of time at coffee shops. And God, I don't even know, this is six, seven years ago, perhaps. Uh, and you know, I, I had known about co-working space. The, the the idea of it had just been starting in bigger metro metropolitan areas, um, and talked to a few people about co-working spaces in the South Coast. And people were like, "What? Like, <laughs> what? What do you? <laughs> yeah. What do you? Like, you have a laptop and you and you run a business off of just this laptop, and you need a place to sit? I don't get it." Um, right. <laughs> what, what was that like? Breaking the ice of that, or is that something that you're still sort of struggling with today? Yeah, it's um, it's a big part of our daily marketing grind. Um, we're definitely, uh, you know, and I say this affectionately, but we're a bit behind the the, the curve here in the South Coast, um, which is both a good and a bad thing for us because we're unique. Um, you know, people see groundwork and they think it's like this really cool concept. Um, whereas if you were in Boston or you New York, you'd be like, oh yeah, another co-working space. Um, so, you know, so there's both the good and the bad there. It's con we're constantly educating people, um, you know, what the hell it is that we actually do at groundwork and <laughs> what kind of person would use it. And, um, you know, what this sort of growing remote workforce looks like. So, um, de definitely a struggle. How did you come up with this idea and what really struck the core to say, you know what, let's just, let's go all in on this. 
So for me, it was I was in a similar place that you were, where I was a freelancer, and um, in my prior life to coming back to the South Coast, I was living in Buenos Aires, um, which was kind of like my the golden age of freelancing in my life. So, um, you know, I could work at probably a different cafe every day of the year in that city and not repeat places. Um, so it was, things were open late and it was, you know, very acceptable to camp out at a table for five hours and have like, you know, coffee and a beer or something like that. So, um, when I moved back to this area, I was still freelancing and I was just like, Oh my God, I'm so lonely and isolated. Um, you know, there's gotta be, where can I find my people? There's gotta be somewhere that we can have a community here. And I mean, you're solving more than just a workspace. I mean, at least that's the way that I see it, right? You're, you're creating community, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, I mean, it's more—it's more than just hey, let me rent this desk to get work done. Although maybe for some people it is. It's just a—it's just an office to them. They show up, they nine to five, and and they go home, and that's that's cool. Um, but to me, it's a little bit more. Uh, do you see it as more? And and what is it to you uh, beyond just the work? Yeah, I mean, I think, and I, I'll point back again to my experience living in South America. There was um, cities there are very dense, and they have this design of there being a lot of public space where you can interact without necessarily consuming things, you know, without necessarily shopping or going to a restaurant, you know, there's lots of plazas. Uh, the public life is very active. Um, and I think that that was a big, a central point for us when we talked about starting groundwork was not just creating a place where people could work, but also a place where you could have those spontaneous face-to-face -face interactions that happen when you have population density and a bunch of people hanging out somewhere, um, you know, with the idea of just exchanging, exchanging ideas and having um, spontaneous conversations. So you and Dina are in a car one day driving along. And you say, "Okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this co-working <laughs> space thing." Uh, yeah. <laughs> why? Why New Bedford? Was New Bedford the first choice? Did you look around? Did you look at Fall River? Did you look anywhere else? Um, yeah, so we did, we had a very brief kind of flash in the pan thought of trying to do it in Bourne, which is uh, the town where we both grew up. It's about a half hour from here. Um, but we knew that Bourne was way, way, if New Bedford's behind the curve, Bourne is like, you know, it's way back in the 19th century. So, um, we were spending time in New Bedford, uh, Dina, went to UMass Dartmouth and she was a student at the CVPA. So she had that connection to downtown New Bedford. And I started coming up here to go to the climbing gym to, to hang out at Carabiners and then get a burrito at No Problemo. And so I was kind of like, well, this place has got a climbing gym and burritos. And then, <laughs> you know, you can get craft beer at the poor farm across the street. So pretty much that's all I need to, to you know, enjoy quality of life somewhere. So, you know, between those two things, I think we were just like, yeah, New Bedford is, um, you know, where we want to be. Nice. Uh, and picking the space, uh, where are you located right now? And, and what was that process like? Uh, was it just you find your first place and you're like, this is the one, uh, we fall in love with it. Um, what did that all look like? Yeah. So, um, I mean, once we, once we became serious about New Bedford, we reached out to the Economic Development Council pretty quickly. Um, and that was, again, you know, I, it was this moment where I was just like Googling New Bedford city, whatever, you know, like trying to research. And I, I came across the 
the EDC's website and there was a link that just said, do you want to start a business in New Bedford? Email Angela Johnston. And so I'm like, okay. So I just click on the link and said, hey, I want to start a co-working space. And um, sure enough, she got back to me immediately and said, you know, we're very keen on having this kind of business in New Bedford. Um, so we met with them um, and they, you know, they took us seriously right from the get go, which I think for us was kind of the first sign that we were in the right place at the right time. Mm. Um, and, and from there, that, that working partnership with the EDC, they actually showed us um, some possible spaces downtown. And then they eventually showed us a space in the building that they manage that's owned by the city, uh, which is where we are now. Um, and we both immediately loved that space when we walked into it. Um, but it also has the added back history of when Dina was an art student, her studios were in that building. Mm. Um, so it's a really cool, um, you know, she's got that historical connection. Um, and there's the added benefit that the city is renting it to us. So um, they do give us a, a, a pretty good deal on our rent, which doesn't hurt when you're starting out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of starting out, so I, I feel like entrepreneurs, uh, business builders, they fall into two camps. There's those that sort of sit down and uh, they, they write out a blueprint, they outline everything, they've got costs and forecasting down to a T. And there's mm-hmm. people like me who just jump into it and, and hope that it all works. Um, <laughs> I, wh- where did you and your partner fall into this um, planning for co-working? I mean, you started mm-hmm. off in a smaller space, you're in a lot bigger space now. Things have, you know, looked from the outside, looking like they're progressing really pretty good for you. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you forecast everything? Did you forecast? What did it all look like at the start? Yeah, I I think we're kind of like a hybrid of those two approaches. Uh, So, you know, somewhere in the middle with like, you know, being really detailed in the forecasting and just hoping that it works. Um, So we did, we did have a business plan uh, when we approached the EDC. And I do think that's one of the reasons they took us seriously. Um, And I think that's an important document to have, whether or not you end up just throwing it out the window, you know, down the road. Um, It's a good starting point just to sit down and think about the what ifs and how is this going to work and what do the numbers look like? And could, is there a possibility of this actually generating enough money to exist, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So we did go through that process and it's a lot of guessing, you know, because you really don't know, especially if you've never run a co-working space before. Um, But we, you know, we did that. We had some numbers down. And then I honestly, again, it was like Googling, you know, how much money do you need to start a co-working space? And I stumbled upon a blog written by Alex Hillman, who founded a co-working space in Philadelphia called Indie Hall. Um, and he's, you know, he lays a very clear blueprint. His philosophy is that you build the community first before Mm -hmm. you even start to think about buying desks and looking at spaces. Um, that really struck a chord with us. So, uh, we, we definitely follow that philosophy. Um, and, and that was super helpful as well. So I think it was, it was a combination of doing some planning um, a lot of gut instinct, you know, we didn't have money to put towards like a feasibility study or anything like that. So we're, we're definitely operating on instinct that the market exists and that there are enough people to support our business in the New Bedford area. Nice. So a couple lessons there. Number one, if you're going to something like the EDC, or maybe some people are doing traditional, uh, I guess a traditional route of maybe going to a bank for a lo- like a business loan or something like that, having some kind of formal document that says, here's what we think, here's what we think we're going to make, here's what we think our, our market might be. Um, but it doesn't have to be crazy, right? I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you don't have to stress yourself. And I feel like, and I'm saying this because I feel like a lot of people do stress out about 
oh my God, I have to put together this business plan and what is that going to look like? Um, I feel like uh, if you have something on paper, you're a heck of a lot further ahead than, than a lot of people who go out there to start something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a lot of guessing, you know, and that, I think that's where people get tripped up. They're like, I don't know how much this is going to cost or like how much people are going to pay to be a member. You're just, you're really guessing, you know, and you have no idea, but at least you can show that you went through that process. Uh, and second would be that community building. And, and let's just talk about that. H- how did you, is that something where you actually sat down and surveyed people and said, Hey, uh, would you be interested in a co-working space? Or did you gather up a few sort of early bird customers? Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was pretty organic. It was definitely a, a combination of um, tactics that we used. Um, one, you know, our first member, Doug Lane, um, we were connected to him through the EDC. I think he had actually just approached them looking for whether or not a co-working space existed or something like that. Um, so Doug, we connected with Doug pretty early on. Um, we actually had a a phone conversation or Google Hangout with him, I think, before we opened. And um, we, when we moved into our beta space, which is a smaller office we had on the second floor of our building, Doug was there. <laughs> like he just showed Doug, up. Just Doug, he, Doug's in the room. Doug just showed up. He's like, I'm here, you know, I'm here to work, you know, Monday through Friday. And so it was kind of like that forced us to be serious. Like, okay, we have a customer that wants to work. So we have to like open and close every day and, and be here. Um, so, you know, Doug really was the force that started it all. And um, he has a, a room named after him now at, at Groundwork, the dugout. So good old um, Doug. properly recognized. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so after Doug, you know, I think we we used a combination of tactics. Um, our, we did a crowdfunding campaign, and so that really helped us to kind of focus and jumpstart our digital marketing and outreach. Um, and then we also just, we really put the time in to figure out who's who in New Bedford and just show up at meetings and email people. Um, I know I spent a lot of time on Twitter in the beginning, just like following New Bedford hashtags and interacting with people. Um, and all of that was, you know, it was a lot of work and, you know, painstakingly slow, but I think it has really paid off. So how has that process matured? I mean, um, I spoke to Shelly today from Eferall and, and Hippo, um, and we talked a lot about knowing your customer. How has your customer changed, if at all? And, and how have you sort of matured the process of like, okay, now that we have people here, how do we get more people and how does that look for for you? Yeah. So I think, you know, in the, in the early days, it was a lot of like targeting the who's who of New Bedford or, you know, people that were identified as the movers and shakers or the entrepreneurs. Um, you know, so a lot of people were like, oh, you know, you guys really need to talk to this person or you guys need to talk to that person. Um, so that was, you know, the first round was kind of going after those obvious suspects. Um, and, and these people are, are influencers, community influencers. So it's important to get those people in the space, even if it doesn't make sense for them to be members, we wanted to engage them somehow and coming to events or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so I think that was the first stage. Um, and then that sort of moved out into like the, you know, the secondary circle of like people who are friends with those people. Um, and now I think we're definitely more where we're trying to branch out even more and, and get those people that maybe don't interact so much in, in like the community and the sort of, you know, civic participation, 
that we have going on in downtown New Bedford. So people that might be more in surrounding communities, Dartmouth, Westport, Fairhaven. Um, so that's a little bit more like traditional marketing tactics, I would say. How do you position yourself now as, as you mature and you become a staple in, in sort of the tech startup community and the freelancer community? How do you position yourself against the competition locally? And who do you consider uh, to be, you know, at least maybe a third degree competition, right? I think our biggest competitor is actually the home office. Mm. Um, that is really, it is so hard to wrench people from their beloved home offices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I can crawl out of bed in my pajamas, come right up into my office and not have to even look at anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, right. I'm, I'm, I'm in my home office right now. I mean, I, I run a co-working space, but I love, you know, if I can hang out here a couple of days a week and just get some quiet, I, I will do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think the home office is really our our most difficult competitor. Do you see more, I guess, traditional companies saying to their employees, "Yeah, you can, you can work from home." Where where maybe a few years ago, you know, that traditional companies like work from home, no way, <laughs> like you have to be in here punching a clock so we can see absolutely every single move you make. Do you see that trend happening and letting people work from their home office more, um, or is it still you know not really there yet? I think I think it is there. I think it's. Um, we're maybe slower to see that those effects trickling out into communities like New Bedford. Mm -hmm. um, I think you'd see it more if you were closer to like large urban areas, but I think it's sort of like um, people that are people that are in those those fields where companies are are likely to have employees working remotely. They're just not as heavily populated in the, in the South Coast yet. So um, I think it's happening and it, we're definitely like we get to see that we're kind of on the forefront of seeing that at Groundwork. And I've, I'm slowly starting to see like new people in, you know, my generation, like mid 30s employed remotely moving to the area and joining Groundwork, um, which is really exciting to me. That's like a very, um, you know telling sign of, you know, how our community is transforming. Let's talk about some other marketing wins. So you sort of know who your customer is, you know, who your best customer is, how are mm -hmm. you getting people, uh, you know, to, to come into the, to, to the door. Right. So I think that that's, that's the biggest challenge for a lot of us is getting leads, getting people to walk through the door. Um, I know some of the strategies that, that you're taking just because I've been there for a while and I just, uh, we've talked about it a lot. So you do a lot of content marketing, you do a lot of Facebook stuff, but, um, mm -hmm. you know, if you can expand upon that, like what are the best things for you so far for the business? Best things for us. Um, so there's a, yeah, I think it's a combo because we are also locally, we have a local presence, so we're not just strictly digital. Um, so for us, it's that combo of the digital and then the, you know, in-person face-to-face stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I think is what is what works really well. Um, and still a lot of people, I mean, word of mouth is just huge. It's, it's, I think the biggest thing in the co-working industry, I've heard this from other operators is, is word of mouth is how you, how you get a lot of members. So, um, to expand upon that in terms of what do we do, um, our content marketing strategy, uh, we have a very active blog, um, in the blog, we're basically putting out, um, I'd say, well, there's probably like three buckets of content. One is just about our members, spotlighting our members, interviewing our members. People want to know who am I going to be working with. Um, we do a lot of the education stuff, which you alluded to before. What is co-working? Um, how do I take a phone call in a co-working space? Um, how can I be social without 
interrupting people when they're working, you know, things like that, that kind of demystify what, what the experience is like. Um, and then we also do a lot of content just about our community, about New Bedford, what's going on in New Bedford, um, you know, different kind of interesting off the beaten path things that people might not know about because we found that um, people that want to join a co-working space are generally people that care about their community. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are kind of the pillars of our, our content marketing strategy, I'd say. And I mean, you're doing it at uh, such a consistent rate, which I think is, is, I mean, from where I sit, you are probably the best local business that I know that's like, like consistent, wow. uh, with, with Thank content you. is, yeah. is that, is that just something because you, that you all are passionate about putting out that content or is there a content calendar that you sit down and you say, okay, you know, for the next 60 days, this is the type of material that we're going to pump out. Yeah. I wish I could say we're that organized, <laughs> but we, we, we have, we've had calendars in the past. I don't know if they ever get executed. Um, <laughs> but I think it's part of it is, um, the passion. So the, the bloggers are, are myself and Stephen Froyus. Um, and I, you know, I come to groundwork from a marketing background. So for me, what makes me excited, excited about running my own business is that I get to do the marketing however I want without anyone telling me what to do. <laughs> um, so, so that to me is like the, the most enjoyable part of, of what I like. I love, you know, writing content and marketing. So um, that's what motivates me. And I think it's the same for Steven. Um, we basically just let him write about whatever he wants to. Um, and he's passionate about, you know, he does all the reporting on the community, um, and artists and, you know, creative people that live here. So I think that, um, both of us just sort of, you know, we have our passions and we just kind of crank out the content cause we like to, um, so we're pretty lucky in that, in that regard. <laughs> the biggest thing that I see with local, uh, businesses, especially in the South coast areas, they, they don't put a whole heck of a lot of stock in creating a great website, uh, doing an email list, uh, you know, curating content, that kind of thing. Um, how are you seeing the changes of Facebook coming? How, how else do you reach people aside from Facebook through digital? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I mean, yeah, definitely it's, you know, all these changes coming up just point to the fact that you never want to have all your eggs in one basket, you know, in, in terms of your, your digital marketing strategy. Um, so growing an email list ha has been really important for us. Um, and again, I think that this also kind of just goes back to like the, the basic is having quality content that people actually want to read. Um, as long as you have that, like, I think the channels are always going to be changing, but you can always just adapt and put your content out on different channels. It's, it's the content itself that's going to develop that relationship and keep people coming back and, you know, converting somebody into a sale after, you know, two years of reading your email newsletter. Um, so that was kind of a tangent, but <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> but email marketing is huge for us. Um, we've definitely, um, you know, it's, it's a discipline to every time you have like an in-person event, collect email addresses, type them in, build that database. Um, that's a way to, you know, constantly hit people and remind them of, of your brand and build up a relationship with them. Um, we have done some experimenting with Google AdWords as well. Um, I'm not, uh, I haven't done enough to really comment on it yet, but <laughs> I think it's, it's definitely a viable alternative for people. 
Um, and Twitter, I think Twitter is, um, it's a little different from Facebook. Like you can't, you know, just like throw something out there and expect to get a lot of interaction. Although I guess you can't do that on Facebook now either. But I think Twitter, if you take the time to, um, really, you know, target certain people and groups and kind of, you know, be, be specific about your interactions, I think you can get a a lot of good returns off of Twitter. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you brought up, uh, well, I'm glad you brought up email list. I'm glad you brought up discipline too, because that is, uh, it's one thing to start an email list. It's another thing to collect those emails and then continually, uh, continuously put out, uh, email content. Yeah. Um, which is usually, uh, another there's, I mean, there's so many things that people should, uh, should do. And I was actually speaking to Shelly about this. Uh, one of my colleagues put out a, a YouTube video the other day about the cost of, of content marketing. Um, and mm-hmm. not, not just in the dollars, but in the time and effort that it takes to do something really good and keep going with it. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. I, I feel like small businesses, there's, it's a, it's an uphill battle. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not going to be easy. So try to pick one thing that you can really excel at. And I, I hope that most people, or I urge most people to start with email first before even mm-hmm. going crazy with a Facebook or, or Instagram, that kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, and I'm sure you read it all the time and all the marketing blogs and stuff. There's a constant battle of is email marketing dead or, you know, email marketing is really dead. And like, you know, it's, it's definitely for us, hands down, probably the most effective tool that we use, Mm. Um, you know, and as long as you're conscious about packing those emails with good content, you know, we get a great open rate, we get a lot of interaction and, um, you know, I've, I've had people come in and say, yeah, you know, I've been getting your emails for a year. I finally decided to join. So, um, it works. <laughs> All right. So one last, uh, one last question here, uh, wrapping up, is there just one thing you would tell somebody to do in the South coast to get their business going here? Um, you know, if maybe they've already been running a business for the last year or so, and they just need some, a refresher, a reminder, what's one big thing you've learned doing business here in the South coast, uh, that would make an impact on somebody's entrepreneurial journey? One specific thing I've learned in the South Coast. Um, this, you know, the South Coast is, it's kind of like small town environment for doing business. So I think that um, personal relationships here are probably the most valuable thing you can build. Um, so yeah, I, I would say that's a big takeaway and maybe that goes for, for any business situation, but I think particularly here in the South coast, that's why I love running a business here. Cause it's like cheers, you know, I feel like everyone knows my name, you know, if I go downtown or, or wherever. Um, so I think that, you know, building those, uh, face-to-face relationships and also, you know, it's not always going to be transactional in the beginning, you know, you might meet someone and think like, oh, maybe maybe they can be a customer. Maybe we can collaborate together. Um, but it might not develop into anything right away. And that doesn't mean you should abandon that um, relationship. You know, it's, it's about nurturing those, you know, getting to know people and figuring out how you can work together. Um, 
in the future. So it's, it's, um, it's a nuanced and, um, time consuming process, but it's also, it's a lot of fun. That's why I like being here. Yeah, Definitely the biggest lesson for a lot of folks is it takes some time, uh, to get this stuff yes. going instead of, uh, you know, just this yeah. instant gratification. Um, this yep. ain't shark tank, ladies and gentlemen, it takes some time. <laughs> <laughs> that is right. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, this has been an awesome interview. Sarah, where can folks find you to say thanks? Uh, you can use this to promote, uh, your, your place, uh, your offerings or any upcoming events you might have. Awesome. Cool. So uh, we are at 1213 Purchase Street. We're next to Glazer Glass, which most people know on the South Coast. You can stop by any time, um, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and just check out the space. Um, if you visit our website, newbedfordcoworking.com slash events, we've got an events calendar there. Most of our events are public. Uh, you can also tweet to us. It's at groundwork underscore NB. Um, so all of those are great ways to engage with us. Good stuff. Everybody else, go to southcoast.fm, southcoast.fm slash subscribe to join the mailing list for the We Are Here podcast. Search for us in iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. That would be amazing for us to get found. It's season one, female founders here on the South Coast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Hope you learned a ton from today's guest, shared a lot of value and experiences for running a business and doing entrepreneurship on the South Coast. So I hope you take a lot out of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. This episode is brought to you by Slocum Studio. You can find Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com. If you need to get your marketing in order, landing pages, get your conversions up, build that email list, look no further than Slocum Studio at slocumstudio.com.